whatever, if I make a, a poor choice or I make a good choice, like there are other people around me, like that's that, you know, your decisions impact other people. It's not you do you and it doesn't affect me and stuff like that. Like our actions affect other people and our choices affect other people. If you can say like, I have tried to make good choices, whether that's a good yes or a good no, that allows me to bring other people in a good direction with me. Like that's awesome. Welcome back to Valdoco. I'm Amy. I'm Vicky. And I'm Father Steve. Here yeah. we are, everybody. <laughs> Amy, this is your time. It is. It's the most wonderful time of the year. As, <laughs> as I said in the last episode, I've already been celebrating. Um, but yeah, it's so. I'm so glad that everybody else is now joining me in observing Lent. Amen. Thank you for welcoming us into this season, Amy. Welcome. And celebrating. <laughs> I celebrate Lent. Other people just observe Lent, but I celebrate. <laughs> You're really in it. You're in it. So we are. We are. First week of Lent. And uh, again, if you haven't listened to the intro episode, you can't do that. But we are inviting everybody on this this uh, journey with the scriptural way of the cross. Um, so we'll do two stations every week. So the podcast is released on Wednesdays. And uh, every week we're going to do two stations of the cross. So by the time we, get, we reach the end of Lent, we'll have done all 14 stations together. And it's just an opportunity for us to enter into this, the way of the cross, to enter into to the passion and death of our Lord. And this is the moment now we celebrate at Lent. So it's uh, good for us to do this as a Salesian family. So we're going to, just the way it's going to work is we're going to read the first two stations and then we'll go into a little reflection, right? Mm-hmm. Ready? Mm-hmm. Ready for Set, Lent. Go. So let us pray. God of power and mercy, in love you sent your Son that we might be cleansed of sin and live with you forever. Bless us as we gather to reflect on his suffering and death, that we may learn from his example the way we should go. We ask this through that same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The first station, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. From the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, So you could not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Second station. Jesus, betrayed by Judas, is arrested. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. From the Gospel of Mark. Then, while Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, accompanied by a crowd with swords and clubs, who had come from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. His betrayer had arranged a signal with them, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him and lead him away securely. He came and immediately went over to him and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. At this they laid hands on him and arrested him. And so these are the first two stations of the way of the cross. 
and an opportunity for us to, to enter into this Lenten season. And so it's a moment for us now to, to offer some reflections that we, we take from entering into Scripture, how it applies to us, um, some things that we can take for, for our own journey of Lent. So the thing that struck me with the first station is the example of prayer that it sets for us. So Jesus is going into the garden, and he doesn't go alone. He brings three people with him. And so he has Peter, James, and John, and he's showing them an example. He's giving them an opportunity to see him pray to the Father in a very unique way that he hasn't prayed before. Um, he says, my soul is sorrowful even to death. So it's just coming from this, this place of anguish. And what struck me about it, though, is even though he's inviting them to witness this, they miss the opportunity. So how many people, if given the chance as a modern-day Christian, if you were asked, would you want to be with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and see him in that moment, to see him praying to God the Father, um, not my will but your will, to like see that in person, how many people would be like, of course, this is, that would be like, obviously like once in a lifetime, like this would be incredible, like the impact that this could have on my prayer life and to teach me and to see that. And these three people, they had the opportunity. He invited them to be there. And, you know, they're tired. It's a long day. But they just, they, they're given the opportunity and they miss it. Um, so how many times in my own life am I given these opportunities to be inspired by other people? Am I given the opportunity to witness Jesus? And I miss it. I'm distracted. I'm on my phone. I'm talking, so I'm not listening. I'm trying to think of something else. I'm planning my day or something like that. And I'm not living in the moment and seeing the opportunity that's just given to me. So that was the first thing that struck me. And then the second thing is just that idea again of the invitation. So when I am going to moments of prayer, am I inviting other people with me? And that means that they can say no. That means that maybe they fall asleep. Maybe they're not great companions for that moment of prayer. But am I actually inviting people? Because in my case, a lot of times, if I can't find people to do things with me, like, I'm okay with doing it on my own, and that's beautiful. It should never hinder your prayer life, but it's led me to the point now where I don't invite people. Like, Jesus is giving me that example of in hard moments, in easy moments, like, we're supposed to be living in community, and I need to at least be inviting people into those moments of prayer with me. Yeah, it's beautiful. Really the same for me when I was reading, just that watch and pray. It says twice, you know, that he came over and he advanced and he fell prostrate in prayer. And he told the disciples to watch and pray. And just for me, recognizing Jesus as, you know, we, we see him all the time as a healer, a miracle worker, all the things that he did, but really a man of prayer. You know, somebody who was, was obviously connected as son of God, but somebody who really spent the time. Um, so even him, he needed his time to go and pray and to, to make through you know, all the things of his life, uh, that he was a, a man of prayer. And I think that's something that I really desire for myself. And I think we need as Christians, um, all Christians, you know, to really live this life of prayer. Because like you said, we, we will miss so much. If we're not watching and praying, we're going to miss some of the beautiful moments of our life, uh, even if it's in really agonizing times like this. You know? Like this is a, a terrible time. Somebody who was really suffering, uh, who was fearful, who was sorrowful. But... Uh, but if we are watching and praying, we can see that this is part of God's plan, and this is God working. Uh, this is God in our midst, God's presence. And uh, many times, if we're not if we're not staying prayerful, it's, we're going to miss we're going to miss so much. So, as we kind of begin this Lent, it's a big call for me to 
I guess like Advent, we always hear watch and pray, but but for Lent, it's a, a deepening of prayer, like to really recognize where God is working, uh, even if I'm even if I'm in a moment of suffering. And I think that's something that we have to recognize that not all of us. I had this conversation with Father Benny all the time. Is okay, the church says Lent, and we focus on this, but maybe my life is not in a Lent period right now. Maybe I'm not in the desert. Maybe I'm feeling all of this consolation and everything is great. Um, so each of us goes through our own seasons um, and we try to enter into the church season, but it's still an opportunity, even if I feel a lot of consolation right now, even if I'm feeling really joyful, I still have to double down on my prayer. I mm-hmm. still have to take the time of silence to really make sure that I'm I'm watching and praying so I can see really how God is working, um, that it's not just feelings, but there's really, really God is present and God is working. So it's a good call for me to, yeah, to watch and pray. Um, mine, there was a portion on prayer as well. The, the first one was the not as I will, but as you will. Um, and I, I think obviously beautiful because it's Jesus speaking, the son of God, right? Um, that we see in other like places in the gospel where like he changed someone's life, right? And it was like, it was not their will. Like that really was God's will working in their life to see where it changed. But that then in this moment, like there's still this surrender coming from Jesus himself, um, and that he wouldn't force, that he would really be open to what God willed. So he asked, he, in prayer, he, he asked for what he wanted, right? If, you know, if it's your will, like let this, this cup pass. But also the same, that making sure of saying like, but as you will it, not as I'm going to force it to, to pass me by because I could, but only if you, you know, only if you do it. And so I think that's just beautiful for us. Again, I think the, like what you guys are both saying of like, just this model of prayer, this modeling of in sorrow and anguish and distress and whatever that means for our life, obviously maybe not, not all of us are going to physically be crucified. Um, but whatever that means for us, wherever we are, that, but being open truly to God's will. So not just saying it, but like be about it, right? That in that prayer that you're making of like, okay, God reveal your will to me, but are you going to follow it? Right. Even when it's hard, even when it's like difficult. And I think that's Father see what you're saying of like that time, um, of being able to, if you're deep in prayer, then hopefully with time you can recognize like where God's will, you did allow God's will to happen. Um, and what was the fruit, you know, whether it was good or difficult or, you know, whatever it was that there was still fruit that can come from it. Um, and then I think obviously the part of like, he told them to pray. So he offered the example, but, um, just, I went to a conference a few weeks ago and that was a huge portion that opened the conference of intercessory prayer. And the beautiful gift that intercessory prayer really is for us, that we can ask other people to pray for us. Um, Jesus, again, the Son of God, like, right, part of the Trinity, like, still asked for prayer, you know. So um, uh, it was Bishop Espiat that was speaking about it, and he was saying, you know, like, like, actually pray for the Pope, you know, like, that's a hard job. Like, pray for, you know, the clergy, pray for religious, pray for our world leaders, pray for... Like all of these people that are already in our intercessory prayer, you know, during the during mass, but like really mean it, like because you know what's happening in front of us is usually the fruit of our prayer. That it's really powerful. Like God, literally, Jesus was like, "Watch and pray." That's it. Like sit with me and pray. Like that's the tool He gave them. That's what He said. Here, this is what you can do for me: is pray. Like what? to really think about that so deeply um, that how much we can offer people if we actually did sit and pray. And um, something else that was shared at this conference was when people are like, oh, will you pray for me? <laughs> and 
I think it's a very common thing um, to first be asked for prayer, um, but then to like be like, yeah, I'll pray for you. Absolutely. Of course. Like, what else can I do? But like first, okay, prayer is that is good enough. Like right there is good enough. Um, but like to stop and pray like and I was telling Amy when we were talking about it um, yesterday in preparation um, of just like how many times do we say that and we don't follow through? You forget because we're human beings. You're like, yeah, I'll take it to prayer. I'll put it in my journal, whatever it is, whatever your method of prayer. But that we forget because we're human. And maybe what we can do, I think, especially as ministers is like be bold and try. And it's horrifying for me to say because I want to put it into practice, but it's scary. But of just being like, can I pray for you right now? Like, can we pray together or just stop? So like, if you see, I don't know, an Instagram story, that's something that's really affecting you. You see whatever, somebody in need or in pain, like just stop and pause in that internal voice. And maybe that's where the first part of boldness can come from of just pray right there. Lord, like hold this person. Lord, give them the courage they need. Lord, give them whatever it is. Like ask there for whatever you would pray for later. That way you did it. Like, and it can become a good habit. But then out loud, I was again telling Amy like if we could model this you know the same way that Jesus is modeling prayer for us like how much witness could we bring to the the impact of prayer if we were like let's pray right now let's stop and pray for each other our real needs and things like that but really bringing people to prayer um because I think that goes to the bottom for me was like the spirit the last sentence the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak like I want to be that person but I'm not <laughs> Like my actions don't reflect that. And that's really hard. Like that is a hard thing to like look at and face and be like, man, you have so much work to do. But like, that's who I want to be, you know? And does it match my actions? No, not all the time. Do I stop in prayer in my head? Yeah. Okay. Like I've learned to, to pause, to hold the story, to like make that prayer. Um, but like, can we live up to our own expectations of self? Like God is not the one that's putting the expectation of like on us. Like he's offering like, this is who you can be. This is the way to get there. I gave you my son. Like, here's your model. But like, I have an expectation of who I want to be. And I very frequently fall short of that person. <laughs> so I just think like, this is such a good example. And it's prayer. And it can happen in your mind all the time. But then I think the next step is letting it come outside of yourself to the person that's asking you. Amen. Sorry. <laughs> Long. You just, just went <laughs> off and it was so good. <laughs> Sorry, it was other people that helped. But. Please never apologize. Thanks. <laughs> but I think this is where our energy should be, you know, to our energy should be put in this of learning how to pray, learning how to, because a lot of times we find that our energy is going towards something else. Mm -hmm. So look at Judas. Like he put a lot of energy mm -hmm. into scheming, into finding, putting a signal kit together, working with the chief priests and everybody, like trying to scheme how to, to arrest Jesus, how to you know, get his money or for whatever his motives were. Like he spent a lot of energy looking at somebody and, and doing that rather than putting his energy into really learning who Jesus was or really doing prayer or being honest about himself and figuring out what he needed to change. Um, so we see kind of this example of Judas as, for me at least, um, somebody who just started to make small decisions along the way and then put a lot of energy into doing what was wrong, putting a lot of energy into the opposite of what, what Christ is asking us to do. Yeah. You know, this, this watching and this praying, this living a Christian life, this uh, life of service. Uh, you know, and, I, and I see that 
in my own life, I see how much energy I put into like negative, negative thoughts, into judging people, into, you know, there's a lot of other stuff going on inside and a lot of my energy gets sucked out that way rather than sitting and, you know, okay, finding some moment of prayer or obviously I see Judas in myself, um, but also this call to be, to be more Christ-like and like, where do I put my energy? Where do, where do I put my effort? That was a smooth transition. Mm, honestly. <laughs> I'm very impressed. It's a good, great uh, transition paragraph, you know? Less smooth transition. Um, so for the second station, the word betrayal for me, just mm. me personally, it's a very hard word for me to empathize with, not because like things have never happened in my life, but to me, betrayal means two things. My word association is like someone has done something absolutely like outrageously terrible to you, um, like being stabbed in the back, like, you know, a friend doing something so catastrophic that it's the end of a relationship. Like to me, like that is a betrayal. Um, or then the other side is like being in grade school and having like a petty playground fight. I don't have an in-between word association <laughs> for betrayal. It's, it's one or the other. Um, so it took a little bit of time for me to reflect on this and actually be able to like step a little bit more into a language that would work for me of, okay, maybe like these life-changing moments have not happened where hopefully I haven't betrayed someone to that point or that they haven't betrayed me, but just one or times that I am not being the best friend that I can be to someone else, that I'm not being the best human person to someone else. Um, and vice versa, that they're not being the best friend to me that they could be, and they're not being the best human person that they can be, um, honoring my dignity, coming from a place of love, and all that. Um, and so that just kind of led me to a little bit more reflection on just when I say things, when I do things, that I want them to have meaning. I want them to be intentional when I'm interacting with another person. Because Judas, in this moment, he says, I'm going to kiss this person, and then that's the person that is the person you're supposed to take away. So he goes up to him and he says, Rabbi. He says, teacher to him. And then he kisses him, a sign of respect, a sign of friendship. And then that's, that's what the betrayal is. So his words do not have the meaning that his words are supposed to have. His actions do not have the meaning that his actions are supposed to have. But how many times do I do this in my own life where... I say things for the sake of saying something. Um, like even what Vicky was saying before of, I'm praying for you. Um, like how many times have I done that? And then I'm like, oh, I never even prayed for that person and I've completely forgotten about it um, because it's just a word that I'm saying in a moment where I know that's what I'm supposed to say. Mm -hmm. um, and so similar to Vicky's experiences, recently I've tried to actually say like, I am doing this because I'm doing it right then. So not just on praying, but I am doing this particular thing. Um, but then just in general, with every interaction with another person, to have that intentionality of even in small talk, even in wanting to bond with another person, um, of trying to be conscious that this is another person who is living their own life, who is worthy of respect, who is worthy of my full attention. And so I'm not going to say something just to blow off a conversation or I'm not going to say something just because I think I'm supposed to say that, but to really look at that person for who they are 
and find words and find actions that express the dignity that they have. And girl, Catholic social teaching, here we go. <laughs> that was really good. It was beautiful. Again, for me, for um, the word betrayal, um, when we were preparing, Amy had made a joke, uh, I, I think low-key, of, of like, okay, like who's betrayed you? Not that that needs to be like shared or anything, but I think when that came up, that question came up, my first like feeling was like shame around that word of really feeling like when you're betrayed, I feel like it's not just like you were hurt, but that there's shame around like how that made you feel, right? Because I think, and when thinking about it, it was just this like thought of like, they don't really love you for who you are then, right? If they can't be honest and there is this like sneaky scheming thing that's happening, like, I don't know, when you're in like a mutual friendship relationship with someone, the hard stuff is still hard, but you you know that there's this mutual respect and dignity there that things can be shared even if it's difficult. Um, so that a person isn't being used, you know, strictly for like whatever, to be used in whatever way that, you know, the betrayal is being, is taking place. So especially when I think of, of Judas and Jesus, like Judas literally used Jesus for like a little payout, like so insignificant in the grand scheme. And like if Judas had lived... Um, past this betrayal, like really how far would that like pay out? Where would that have gotten him? Like that was not enough to like live comfortably for the rest of his life. Like, so first, like how sad, right? That usually I think there's not a long-term benefit to betraying someone and to being betrayed, right? Like usually there's, okay, there's a break in that relationship that can't come back. Um, but then also like when betraying someone, like, you have to sit with that, whatever that is. So the other person, I think, can feel shame in the hurt that they're experiencing, but then also that you have to live with whatever you've done. Um, and that no matter how how many times you said sorry, you've asked for forgiveness, that part still exists in you. You know, still that little, like, broken piece, like, God's mercy is beautiful, but, I mean, we still have a memory, right? Um, some things we can forget, but I think for a lot of us, like, when you hurt someone, when you do something like that, whatever it is, the, you know, petty or the really intense, or if you have an in-between, that doesn't go away. Like you can know what you did and you have to stay there with it. Um, and that it, it's usually happening in public, right? Like people have to share like things that have happened um, with them. And I think like, that's the really, I think, scary part about this example of Judas is there was no hesitation in his betrayal. Um, obviously we don't have like his whole backstory of like how long he was thinking about it and scheming to like get to this point, but like he had a plan and he, you know, lived out this plan. Like, and I think the Bible and gives us a lot of details. Um, and the fact that it's like, you know, it just happened. Like Mark wasn't like, oh yeah, Judas hesitated for a moment, but then went and said rabbi and kissed him and whatever, all that stuff. And so I think like that's a big part, I think, to realize also, like, do I hesitate? Is there any hesitation in my actions that hurt other people? You know, um, do I really think through like what's happening um, in the moment or do I allow my emotions to like to carry me through like that and allow hurt to happen? Um, again, just uh, from other people talking um, of just like choices, right? That there's choices that lead us to life and there's choices that lead us to death and we take people along like with us. And I think Judas's choice, obviously, like literally led him to death, 
and Jesus to death. Um, right, and all of this, we knew it was going to happen, right, for, for thousands of years, like this was going to happen, but still, like, people had to make choices to get it to happen, right? Um, and in our everyday life, I know that sounds like a really, like, dramatic way to say it, but, like, when I'm stressed, and I am stressed, and I'm still learning how to, like, make sure that stays, like, within me, but usually it bleeds over into Amy, and sometimes into Father Steve, and, like, I'm taking them with me, right? Like, and they have to do whatever they have to do to, like, make sure that either they don't get stressed or I've led them in that direction, right? Or um, whatever, if I make a, a poor choice or I make a good choice, like, there are other people around me, like, that's that, you know, your decisions impact other people. It's not you do you and it doesn't affect me and stuff like that. Like, our actions affect other people and our choices affect other people. And not that it's always, like, linked to betrayal, but, like, man, if you can say, like, I have tried to make good choices whether that's a good yes or a good no. And that allows me to bring other people in a good direction with me. Like, that's awesome. But if you can't say that, or you can't say it all the time, um, could that be a little betrayal? A small one of like, it's my duty as like someone that believes in God and is really trying to like be a good example and to bring people with me. And instead, like I'm hurting them and breaking that friendship. Um, and then the last piece, sorry, I know it's a lot. Um, but that Mark used this, um, he introduces Judas, um, introduces him as one of the 12, and then the descriptor he uses is a betrayer, and that's who he becomes. Um, and just, yeah, that one more little push of like, we really do become, you know, what we do. Um, and that if like we could treat our Lord like this, how easy is it to treat like other people. And I don't want to be that, you know, you don't want to be like the bad friend. You don't want to be like whatever it is. Um, and so just like realizing like we really do become these parts of us and that can be very scary and very, uh, a lot to think about, you know, and to like holds close. So it is, there's a lot to think about <laughs> trying to make it. Yeah. Like we said, we always, when we do these and we pray about these podcasts that, uh, Okay, it is to encounter Jesus Christ, to read his word, but then how does it apply to our life? And I think there's a lot here to think about and what you guys have shared really does come down to our individual lives and like what we do, the choices that we make. Um, so just making sure as we listen to this, as you read, um, there's a PDF on, online. You can find this uh, scripture verses online easily, um, but also we'll have a, a PDF out there that you can just look at so you can read yourself um, because it is reading through these scriptures and then really seeing like where where do I find myself, where is the story, uh, where am I entering into the story, and then how does it apply to my life. And so when you think about you know the, this watching and praying or the agony or the betraying or the choices that we make, all the different things, is like how is that going to really apply to, to my life, to my daily life? How am I going to be converted? Because I can find myself in a lot of these different places, you know, whether it be with Jesus or whether it be with the disciples or Judas or a lot of times with the crowd. And I think that's mm -hmm. sometimes the scariest part is many times we'll find ourselves just in the crowd, not exactly sure, just kind of getting swept up with the emotions, swept into all of the like the chaos or the excitement sometimes, and we don't know exactly what's going on, uh, but we can do a lot of damage. We can we can really propel people to, to continue doing bad things. And so just really recognizing, taking a moment, recognizing where we are, who we are, the choices we're making, where's our heart at, and... Uh, and let this Lent be a moment of conversion. So we're really, at the end of this Lent, really living the faith and, and living a, a, 
a faithful life. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to add any like last minute like little practical things um, to this, or is I have a challenge. Go ahead. I love <laughs> challenges. So my challenge for myself for the next seven days is to do an hour in a type of prayer. Um, so that can be reading the Bible. That can be going for a walk where I'm not listening to music or things like that and just trying to like observe God in nature. Um, but to just have an hour when I'm not on my phone where I'm trying to be intentional about either talking to God or listening to God. Um, and what I was really inspired by was in the first station um, in the scripture, it says, so you could not keep watch with me for one hour. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so at first, when I thought of the challenge that I wanted to do for myself, I was like, well, let's just do like 10 minutes of just being in quiet. But I'm like, I'm being weak. So <laughs> my challenge for myself, I, I'm in a state of life where I can do this. I think for a week straight, I can do just an hour of trying to be intentional about talking and listening to God each day. Amen. Let us know how it goes. Mm -hmm. And now you said it's the whole podcast world. So... Um, mine, I think, is, like, again, being aware of choices um, and just, like, making as best as I can the right one. I mean, even that sounds like a way out. Not as best as I can, really trying to make the right choices. Um, and, yeah, like, growing in that discernment of, like, what is, yeah, what am I being called to in that moment, whatever is, hap in whatever is happening. Yeah, and for me, it's really just a focus on there's a lot of stuff going on, right? Lent is it's not going to be quiet for like, there's going to be a lot of activity, you know? So it's not as if I'm going on a, a month long silent retreat. No, there's still a lot of activity. So just recognizing like, what exactly am I spending my time on? And that even when I'm doing, it's very silly, you know, that even when I'm doing all of these things, like I really need to be watching and praying. So mm -hmm. God is, is working through the meetings that we have, the people that I'll meet, the things that are going on. Um, so really trying to start the day off and then throughout the day, okay, do what I'm supposed to do as a Salesian, uh, but make sure that I'm really watching and praying and uh, just trying to stay aware of, of what's going on, what God's saying, what different things are happening, um, just the way the movement of, of God in my life um, through all of the activity. So just kind of taking that mantra of, of watch and pray, and I think that's something that I can use to help me to, to pay attention. So kind of trying to say that over and over again for this week of just watch and pray. That's all going to be in our podcast description for you. Okay. <laughs> so good, everybody. So thank you for, for listening. Again, encouragement to, to read, actually go through and spend some time with this. Um, we were talking before about a lot of our, a lot of our church or our spiritual life is very like consume, like we just consume. We just sit and we listen, but we don't necessarily take the time to do active prayer and really enter in for ourselves. So the encouragement is uh, uh, take some time this week, okay, listen to the podcast, um, but also take these scriptures and and see where, where it's calling you and what practical things you can do for, for your life and for Lent and really for that conversion of heart. So yeah. thanks for listening. And see maybe if at your local parish, they're having a way of the cross, yeah, stations of the cross yeah. um, to visit and go. Yeah, and even if not, if it's just unlocked, churches <laughs> would no. can walk through. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, that you can do your own yeah. stations of the cross even if they're not doing one. Yeah, it's going me. <laughs> Father Steve. <laughs> Amen. So, Vicki, you want to pray for yeah. us? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time together, um, for your words um, here for us to reflect on our own lives, 
um, to continue in, in our own journey of faith, um, but also in, in the, the journey of faith of all of those that are listening. Uh, we thank you for them. Thank you for their life, um, for their connection to the Salesian family. And we just ask that with your help, um, with the intercessory prayer of, of, our, of our family, of our friends, um, that we can continue to grow, to be the people that, that you know we can be um, with all that you offer us. And we pray all of this in your name. Amen. 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 Mary of Christians. Pray for us. St. John Bosco. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Happy Lent. Happy Lent. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>